Hey, this is Mark and welcome back to the table. I'm so excited that you decided to uh, listen to this particular episode. I know the title uh, probably made you think, uh-oh, where's Mark going with this one? Um, and I'm not trying to, you know, do these for shock value or to get people to just, you know, do aha and that's fun and move on, but really to get us to see how deep and far and wide is the Father's love for us, that God is just that good. And, you know, when I first started reading um, and understanding grace in the new covenant, I really got to a point where um, I kind of skipped over the tough verses. You know, I just didn't think they fit or I didn't want to deal with them. And I think that's a process we all go through. Um, by looking again and, and, and reimagining what some of these verses may mean. And so, you know, through that process, I've come to the place where I don't skip over the tough verses in scripture, uh, but I wrestle with them through the lens of Christ and through the lens of the gospel to um, ask the question, maybe, maybe God is better than I thought and maybe his goodness is the way to interpret these verses. So I want to talk about something I was reading today, and it has to do um, with the Last Supper um, where Judas denies, uh, well, not denies, he, you know, is starts to sell Jesus out. You know, he's went to the Pharisees and Sadducees, and he's gotten some money, and um, he's going to betray the Lord and uh, basically um, set him up so that he's arrested. And in the story, you know, Jesus says, you know, I've um, not lost any that you put into my hand except the son of perdition. And we always just put that on Judas. And so I want to think about that for a minute. And I want us to look at the bigger picture of the story. Here they are, and Jesus is going to celebrate Passover with them. It's going to be a prophetic picture and a fulfillment of so many Old Testament prophecies. And he serves communion to to Judas. Not only does he serve communion to Judas, but he serves communion to Peter, who's later going to deny him. One's going to betray him. One's going to pretend that he doesn't know him. And he serves it to him anyway. And, you know, we have looked at communion in the body of Christ, I think completely wrong. And we're going to look at that in another episode. But Jesus doesn't withhold it from them. He serves it to everyone because it is a picture of his death, burial, and resurrection that it's for all. It's not just for some or the righteous who can, you know, keep all the commandments or those who would, you know, fall into something that we feel is unredeemable. He gives it to everybody. And so I want us to look at this and I want us to think about that word perdition. I wonder if this is a bigger topic and it fits a bigger narrative of the two men that God uses in scripture to identify all people in. Romans 5 talks about it. 1 Corinthians 15 talks about it. And it says, as in Adam all die. See, Jesus was, wasn't was trying to restore all that came from Adam. He was bringing it to an end. He was going to bring that entire corrupted line to a cross to destroy it. So he could forever in his death, burial and resurrection, have all men identify with him 
not Adam. Because in Adam, the lie is perpetuated, the corruption is perpetuated, the false identity is perpetuated. It's that you can do something to become like God. Rather than being created in the image of God, you live from that place. That's the place of dominion. In the book of Genesis, it says that let us make man in our image and in our likeness and let them have dominion. You can't have dominion if you don't understand your identity. You first must understand your image and your likeness. And from that place of rest, you have dominion. But then there's the other man that Christ, or that the Bible talks about that men identify in, which is Christ, as in Christ all shall live. From one man, corruption came. From the other man, incorruptible life. And this is what Paul's speaking about when he's talking about two mysteries in Scripture. He's talking about the mystery of iniquity. You could also sum that up in Adam. And the mystery of godliness. You could sum it up in Christ. So a Christ-centered theology begins with the revelation of the Good Shepherd who never gives up, who will leave the 99 and go after the one. He's relentlessly pursuing the lost sheep. Or what about the lost coin? Do you just leave a coin in the house or do you sweep the house and look for it and find it? What about the lost son, the story of the prodigal? All of these stories, by the way, which the prodigal ends up being found and God restores him and redeems him and reminds him of who he really is, all these stories aren't really about lostness, but our foundness in the heart of God. The stories are about the Father. They're not about our being lost. So what if this story about Judas isn't beyond the scope of God's restoration and redemption? Because if we read it as he's the son of perdition, then Jesus didn't die for him. But if Jesus died for him and he's going to reconcile all things back to himself, is it possible that even the story of Judas is a story of God's grace, that even in that Jesus is declaring, of all these you gave to me, I've not lost one. That is extremely important because God gave Jesus Judas. He gave Jesus Thomas who doubted. He gave Jesus Peter, who denied him, and he gave God us in all our inconsistencies and failures and sins and um, acts that no one else knows about, but the recesses of our own mind that condemn us and reject us, even in our story and the failures and, you know, the denials and disobedience and betrayals against God in our own heart, that God redeems, retells, restores, and pours out grace even upon those, and in those, the gospels preach that God is good and he is love. I hope this made you think, and uh, I just encourage you today to read that story with fresh eyes. Like us on Facebook, uh, rate us on Spotify, share with your friends, and um, I hope it encourages you. Let me know what you think of these. Uh, I'd love to you know, have further conversation about it. I don't know everything. I know in part, I see in part. Um, but I do know one thing. God is good, larger, bigger, and more loving than we've ever realized. Have a great day, y'all. I'm going to hang out in the pool.